4.2, Mariners Cast, presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20, that's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0, and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is Tuesday, September 12th. The Mariners are in a free fall currently. Uh, on today's Mariners cast, we will recap last night's debacle against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Um, I will dig a little bit into some pitch usage numbers. I think it's pretty clear that the Mariners pitching staff is pretty tired at this point in time. And then I want to address the panic, right? There's panic on Twitter. There's panic amongst Mariners podcasters. There's panic amongst Mariners fans about this cold streak. Are they going to make the playoffs? I've seen people asking, are the Mariners wasting Julio Rodriguez by not bringing in more reinforcements? Uh, I've heard people trash Jerry DePoto again. And I'm going to address all of this in the way that uh, most of you listeners probably already know I will. Uh, So it is Tuesday, as I said. The Mariners are 79 and 65, two and a half games out of the AL West. Mariners are currently out of the playoffs, a half game behind the Texas Rangers and a full game behind the Toronto Blue Jays. They've lost their last four. The Mariners are three and seven in their last 10. The Mariners have lost seven of nine. ESPN still gives the Mariners a 61.5% chance to make the playoffs. And Fangraphs gives the Mariners a 61.9% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, Schedule-wise, the Mariners have two games against the Angels at home today and tomorrow. They have Thursday off, which could not come at a better time. Clearly, this team, both hitters and pitchers, need a day off. They're grinding right now and not in a good way. Mariners take on the Dodgers at home for three games. The Dodgers, at this point, you would hope that they – I think their magic number is now four. So there is a chance that the Dodgers really do ease off the gas a little bit starting in this series. That would be a a really great thing for the Mariners. I don't know if that will happen. The Mariners then go to Oakland for three. They get another day off next Thursday. So the upcoming two Thursdays will be days off, which, as I said, could not come at a better time for the team. Uh, And then three in Texas – three against Houston at home, and then the Mariners' regular season concludes with four at home against the Rangers. So it's all there in front of them. Uh, The Mariners, in many ways, you know, control their own destiny. And if they can right the ship, this will be a playoff team. Uh, On before this game, uh, last night's game, the Mariners reinstated Jared Kelnick from the 10-day Injured list, um, he was on rehab assignment in AAA and optioned Cade Marlowe to tri- to uh, AAA Tacoma. Getting Kelnick back is a big boost. I've stated how much I like Marlowe as a you know fourth outfielder, maybe even a, a strong side platoon, left-handed outfield bat, but he's not the talent of, Jer- of Jared Kelnick, and it's good to have Kelnick back. The Mariners also... Um, Recalled Edward Bazardo from uh, AAA Tacoma. 
and designated Luke Weaver for assignment. Um, I was very excited about Weaver after his first outing. Uh, I thought the Mariners had something. Um, he pitched really poorly after that. Uh, makes sense that they would get rid of him. I think that, you know, while there were some things about pitches that, about Luke Weaver's pitches that had, you know, great spin or um, high whiff rates, the reality is the Mariners are in a stretch run, right? They're in the middle of a playoff push, and that's not a time to be experimenting with a, a pitcher who has been a six ERA guy over the course of the year. So I think in a different sort of situation, the Mariners would have held on to Luke Weaver and worked with him in the offseason. They still may, but uh, for right now, he wasn't working for the team. So the Mariners lost this game 8-5 against the Angels last night. Um, most of you listening probably watched. Uh, they had a 3-0 lead with Logan Gilbert on the mound against a depleted Shohei Otani, Mike Troutless, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So you have a 3-0 lead. You're going into the second inning. Logan Gilbert on the mound gives up two runs, 3-2, gives up another run in the fourth, 3-3. But he um, he really did kind of right the ship and was able to go seven innings for the Mariners, giving up six hits, three runs, one walk, five strikeouts. He threw 93 pitches, but he saved the bullpen and kept the Mariners in the game. And that's really what uh, – it's all you can ask for from – your pitchers at this point in time is keep the team in the game. Um, in theory, the Mariners have the better bullpen than the Angels and should win that matchup. So the game remains 3-3, goes into extra innings. The Angels score two in the top of the 10th off of Justin Topa. We will go over that in a minute. Julio Rodriguez comes up with the runner on, and it's a an absolutely dramatic two-run home run to tie on a low fastball that was just below the zone, I believe at about 96 miles an hour. It was a pitch that he had no business hitting out to straightaway center field. Um, one of the few humans, I think, that can hit that pitch that far to straightaway center. Crowd's going nuts. Julio's going nuts. Mariners have the momentum. At this point in time, you really do expect the Mariners to win. And so it goes into the top of the 11th and Trent Thornton gives up three runs. Angels go up eight, five. Uh, the Mariners need Gabe Spire and Isaiah Campbell to close the get, close that uh, top of the 11th out. And they're unable to score in the bottom of the 11th, bottom of the 11th and go on to lose eight, five. Heartbreaking, heartbreaking that you had a three Oh lead with Logan Gilbert on the mound after the first inning. Heartbreaking that Julio Rodriguez would tie it in such dramatic fashion, you would still go on to lose. Um, just a brutal loss, and obviously not the first brutal loss the Mariners have had uh, over the past couple of weeks, losing seven of nine, losing their last four. It was rough. Uh, there's no, There's no other way around it. Um, but this was bound to happen when you, in baseball, when you have a hot streak, as the Mariners did in August, you are bound to regress. 
That's just, that's baseball, right? It's 162 games. And this team is tired. This team had a huge push. It was super clear that uh, management was aware of the usage of, you know, the starting pitchers in particular. That's why they wanted to go to a six-man rotation. I don't believe it was just about Bryce Miller and Brian Wu. It clearly was primarily about them. But they understood that Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert were getting, you know, were being rode really hard. I went through and looked at the past three years usage pitch-wise for the Mariners starters. And Logan Gilbert, through 174 innings this season, has thrown 2,647 pitches. In 22, he threw 3,015. And in 21, he threw 2,125. So, you know, after, what is that, probably another four starts. So into the playoffs, if the Mariners make it, Logan Gilbert would have reached what he did last year. So you're not worried about, at least in comparing pitch usage to the previous year with Logan Gilbert, you're not too worried about his usage. He's really put in work over the last couple of years. His velocity was up on his four-seamer. He averaged 96.2. It was up 0.6 miles an hour. His spin was up on his fastball and his slider. Um, You know, he got a 29% whiff rate in this game. So you're not completely concerned about Logan. I think Logan is strong. He's a horse. Um, He's what I said he was before. He's like a three three to three and a half ERA starter that's going to go deep into games and give you 190 innings, right? he did get hit a little bit in this game. He surrendered two home runs to Lo- to Logan O'Hoppy. The first home run was on a fastball that was top rail and inside. It was a, a, probably where Logan Gilbert wanted to locate it. O'Hoppy was just ready for it. And then he, on the second home run, he was doing a good job of locating. Um, but in the 3-1 count, I believe it was a 3-1 count, he threw uh, a splitter that didn't split, basically. It was center cut, and Ohapi hit that one out. Uh, the other Mariner starters, Luis Castillo, has thrown 2,800 plus pitches this season. In 22, he threw 2,500 pitches. So he's 300 pitches over what he did last year. And then in 21, he threw 3,164 pitches. So you know, Castillo's getting to that point where he was in 21. Um, I think the fatigue is impacting his location more than it's impacting anything else. I'm not worried about his velocity or spin, but I just think he's tired. George Kirby has thrown almost the same amount of pitches in 23 that he did in 22. In 21, he threw 67 and two-thirds innings. So he ramped up last year to 156 and two-thirds innings and 2,500 pitches. This year, he's at 2,500 pitches. So he's going to exceed that, but that's the natural growth for a young pitcher like George Kirby. Bryce Miller, in 21, is when he was drafted. He threw nine innings in the minor leagues that year. Last year, he threw 133 innings, 2,132 pitches. He is just over that total at 2,195. So Bryce Miller has surpassed his pitch 
number from 22, but he is, that's the natural progression for Miller as well, um, is to continue to build upon that. So I think it's, you know, we're getting close to the number for him, but I'm not worried about him totally, not nearly as much as Brian Wu, who had TJ in 21, drafted by the Mariners. In 22, he threw 958 pitches. This season, he's thrown 1,832 pitches. So Brian Wu has thrown almost twice as many pitches as he did in 2022. He's got to be at the end of the line. Has to. From a health standpoint, you know, for him, I understand the Mariners are in a stretch run. I would expect this Angel start to maybe be his last start. I have no idea what they will do if it's Adam Aller, right? If it's... um it could be a bullpen type of type of game like we saw with Weaver uh, and and Thornton, but I think this is the end of the line for Wu. They're really trying to patch this up. And I've seen people be critical of the Mariners for not having depth and having to resort to you know where they're at right now. And you've got to think about where they were coming into the season, right? You had a healthy Robbie Ray. You had a healthy Marco Gonzalez. You had Hancock, Miller, and Wu in the minor leagues. Hancock had injury history, and I don't know if you were going to count on him, but you expected Robbie Ray to throw 170, 180 innings. You expected Marco Gonzalez to give to be your fifth starter, right, and go five, six innings. Manners had depth. Yes, you have to anticipate injury, but I think they did. And now you have Ray Gonzalez and Hancock hurt. If one of them was a sixth starter, you could have really reduced that number of pitches, you know, in the current Mariners rotation. Even if Hancock didn't get hurt, it would have looked different. The front office understood that this was going to happen if they didn't go to a sixth man, which is why they had planned it all along. So people are pissed off at the front office because of the pitching and because they're tired. The Mariners have more pitching depth and more pitching than damn near every team in the major leagues. They just experienced three really rough injuries, right? And they're doing what they can now. That might be the downfall of the team ultimately is not having that six starter. But that is, you can't blame them for pitching depth. If you include Miller and Wu in this staff, they had seven legitimate starters before Ray and Gonzalez got hurt. Eight if you include Hancock. There is no other team in baseball that can say that. I do not blame the front office for where they are pitching-wise. I don't. I I will listen to complaints about Seawald not being there. But I don't know if the usage of Munoz and Brash is any different than it was. Andres Munoz this year, 790 pitches. In 22, he threw 1,024 pitches, okay? So about 80%, just under 80% of the pitches that he threw last year, not counting the playoffs. Matt Brash, last season, now I know he started a couple games at the beginning of the season. Last season, 1,416 pitches. This season, 1,139 Fewer pitches for Matt Brash this season than last season. Slider Velo was way down in this game. 
four-seamer was steady. Spin was down over 100 RPMs on all three of his pitches. It's clear Matt Brash is, there's something going on with Brash, either health-wise or mechanically. But it's not over-usage. And with Munoz, it's not over-usage either. Munoz is just a freaking head case right now. He can't locate. And he's not confident in the slider, as Ty Dane said. But it's not usage, right? He was trying to throw harder in this game. Mile and a half per hour above his yearly average on the four-seamer. He averaged 100.5 miles an hour on the four-seamer in this game. He was throwing a 90.4 mile an hour slider. 2.1 miles an hour over his yearly average. His sinker was at 99.9. It was super clear. He's trying to muscle it at this point in time. He's trying to figure out what's going to work, but it's not a usage thing. Is it a a confidence thing and, and a role that he's not comfortable in? You can make that case. You absolutely can make that case. He's not comfortable as the closer. He's not comfortable with the pressure. He's in his head. I think that is a legitimate argument. And that's some of the beauty of Paul Seawald. Could the Mariners have known that that was going to be the case? I don't think so. You can get to know the guy, but you don't know how they're going to perform in that situation until you put him in that situation. And to pick up the bat that they did in Dominic Canzone and the bat that I believe they have in Ryan Ryan Bliss. I could care less about Josh Rojas at this point in time. I'd still make that move. That move is not the reason why the Mariners' bullpen has been so terrible. They're in their heads. That's something that Scott Service and the pitching coaches need to figure out with the back end of the bullpen. But it's not usage. Neither pitcher has thrown as many pitches as they did last season. Neither of them. So I don't, I am not critical of the front office for where the pitching is. It's just, it's the natural ups and downs of a baseball season. They were so lights out for so long, they were going to regress, right? Check this out. I've heard a lot of folks Upset, as I said, with DePoto, with this front office. I, I saw on Twitter the last couple of days people saying that that the Mariners are wasting the prime Julio Rodriguez years. We've got a 30-30 gold glove. Uh, congratulations, Julio, on going 30-30. A 30-30 gold glove center fielder who's freaking brilliant, right? An absolute megawatt superstar has the potential to be the best player in Mariners history. Think about that. A team that had Ken Griffey Jr. He has that kind of potential. But this idea that the Mariners are wasting Julio Rodriguez is ludicrous. It's asinine. It's you're not looking at the big picture and you're not understanding who this team has been. I'm sorry. I will not listen to that argument. The pitching staff, at minimum, a top five pitching staff in baseball over the course of the season, maybe the best pitching staff in baseball, second in ERA at 3.75 in all of baseball, tied for second in whip at 1.19. Top two in ERA and whip. You think the Mariners are blowing it by having that pitching staff? Come on now. You can't get any better 
one spot. Offensively, yes. Is the Mariners' offense ugly at times? Absolutely. Does Ty Ty France drive me up a wall? Yes. I do not think he should be a starting major league first baseman. The Mariners have to be better with that. Second base, Josh Rojas. Might as well be Colton Wong in some ways at this point in time. Don't love Josh Rojas either. Would I like to see Ryan Bliss? Would I even consider bringing him up right now? I might. As a, as a spark, right? Is the DH great? Uh, Mike Ford has been good. Mike Ford has been good. I can't really be critical of Mike Ford. Is he what you want on a championship team as your DH? Probably not. Demo has been pretty good off the bench. Caballero has given you a lot more than you expected, right? So that first base, second base, DH, those positions need help, okay? We've established that. We've talked ad nauseum about how horrible the offense has been at those positions, specifically first and second. And yet, and yet, the Mariners, this offense, much maligned, people are pissed off. We're not surrounding Julio with the right players. We're wasting him. 4.77 runs per game. You know where that ranks in baseball? That is the 10th best scoring offense in the major leagues this season. Runs per game. Okay. You've got the 10th best offense. You've got maybe the best pitching staff in baseball. You had a couple of difficult injuries in the starting pitching staff. And you had some hitters that didn't perform to their baseball card. I'm looking at you, Ty France. Okay. But you still have the 10th best offense in baseball. I'm sorry. That is more than what you can ask for as a fan. Is there more that the Mariners can do? Yes. Are we going to talk about first base, second base, DH, potential free agent signings or trades in the offseason? Yes. We are going to dig and dig and dig and find the right, what we believe on the Mariners cast to be the right fit at those positions. But don't tell me that they didn't do enough. Don't tell me that we're wasting Julio Rodriguez. You're not, all you can see is the day behind you, and that's it, if that's what you think. When you look at the numbers, this is a very good team. This is still a team that can catch a hot streak and win the freaking World Series. When you have the best pitching in baseball and a top third offense, you can win the World Series. So get out of here. You better miss me with this Julio isn't being surrounded by the right guys and we're wasting his prime. Get out of here with that. You're not understanding the big picture when you say that. It makes me nuts. This front office has done a phenomenal job. And for those of you who think that way, you don't remember how bad it can be. You don't remember Jack Zarensic. You don't remember George Argerus. You don't remember the dude that wanted to move him to Tampa. I remember those days. And I don't take this for granted one bit. Second in ERA, second in whip, 10th best offense run scored in baseball. Stop. Quit it.
makes me crazy. All right. So as I said, this team has a 62% chance to make the playoffs, according to ESPN and Fangraphs. They need rest. We know that. Hopefully the rotation gets reset. Hopefully they can really just take some of the pressure off with that day off. Um, I would expect the team. I, I don't. I, honestly, I'm not even going to predict. I don't know what to expect from this team um, today. I really don't. I think they're trying to limp to Thursday. Get us there any way we can. Hopefully we can beat this horrendous Angels team. Pitching matchup tonight is Patrick Sandoval against Brian Wu. Um, I don't expect Wu to go very deep into the game. I would expect them to piggyback someone off of him. Maybe Bizarro, someone like that who hasn't been used a bunch. They got to figure out a way to get this game. They really do. Um, and then tomorrow, uh, the Angels haven't said declared who they're starting. Luis Castillo is going to be on the mound for the Mariners. So if the Mariners can take these two games, keep pace with the teams in front of them, they've got a legitimate shot. The Dodgers series is going to be brutal, but you got to get, get some rest, come out there, and really this is this is what it's all about. So I'm still confident. Clearly ESPN and Fangraphs are confident, despite the fact that the Mariners are not currently in the playoffs. Julio is going to continue to be Julio. I, I feel bad for him in some ways because he is playing so well. Um that to watch him celebrate that home run and then and hit the home run in the way that he did and then still lose was heartbreaking. But you've got a very good top four of the order at this point. If it's JP, Julio, Teo, and Cal Raleigh as your top four, as it was yesterday, there's a lot to work with there, right? JP Crawford, 803 OPS, 380 on base percentage at the top of your order. Julio is now up to an 846 OPS. He's hitting 287 and he's got 30 home runs. Tail Hernandez is up to a 773 OPS and a 268 average. Cal Raleigh, 794 OPS and he hit his 28th home run in this last game. You've got firepower up top and those players are still playing well. You need the pitching to get some rest. You need the relievers to get it together. Um, I am nervous about Brash. I think he's either tired or hurt. There's something going on. I am nervous about Munoz. He's just in his head. The stuff is there. And you need the pitching to go back to being semi-dominant instead of just good. Because that's what this team was built on. So, again, uh, I believe it's a 640 start tonight. Patrick Sandoval, Brian Wu, Mariners need a win. You got to make your hay against these terrible teams. No Shohei Otani. Um, I expect the Mariners to win these next two games. Uh, we will see what happens. So thanks for listening to today's Mariners cast. I believe this was Mariners cast number 84. We are presented by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20. That's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. I have been uh, making some guest appearances on the Seahawks cast as well. 
Seahawks 360 with Candace Hagens. Go check that out. It's been an absolute blast to work with Candace. Uh, the Seahawks game was not fun, but I still believe in that team as well. Maybe I'm just an optimist. I don't know. But again, thanks for listening. We will see what happens with tonight's game. Let's hope the Mariners can get some innings out of Brian Wu. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Take care, y'all. Peace.